0: I understand that there will be a time uh, where Sandy and I can express our gratitude and thanks and uh, we look forward to that because we have much uh, much to share and much thanks to give Uh, but today is the Lord's Day and so we will uh, open his word together and uh, may God speak I want to uh, I want to uh, just preface this Acts passage Acts 22 with just One sentence, this is the story of Paul's life. So when he says, I, we're speaking of the Apostle Paul, who was the greatest church planter, uh, the most wonderful evangelist, and author of most of the New Testament. Let's listen as he tells his story. Acts 22, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated under Gamaliel, Strictly according to the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, just as you are all today. I persecuted this way, that means Christians, I persecuted Christians to the death, binding and putting both men and women into prisons, as also the high priest and all the council of the elders can testify. From them I also received letters to the brethren and started off for Damascus, in order to bring even those who were there to Jerusalem as prisoners to be punished. But it happened that as I was on my way approaching Damascus about noontime, a very bright light suddenly flashed from heaven all around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. And those who were with me saw the light, to be sure, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, Get up and go on into Damascus, and there you will be told of all that has been appointed for you to do. But since I could not see because of the brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. A certain Ananias, a man who was devout by the standard of the law and well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing near said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very time I looked up at him and he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you, to know His will and to see the righteous one and to hear an utterance from His mouth. For you will be a witness for Him to all men of what you, have been, what you have seen and heard. Now, why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on His name. It happened when I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I fell into a trance and I saw Him saying to me, Make haste. And get up out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves understand that in one synagogue after another, I used to imprison and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of your witness, Stephen, was being shed, I was also standing by approving and watching out for the coats of those who were slaying him. And he said to me, Go for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Would you pray with me? Holy Father, we thank you so much for the incredible gift to be into your house today, to express our love. We pray, Father, that you would forgive us of any ways that we have fallen short. I pray that for myself. I pray that you will cleanse us by the power of the blood of Jesus himself that you will remove all barriers so that you might know our hearts and our hearts and our thoughts might bring joy to you. We pray for one another. We pray that you would give us strength so that we might be courageous and share your holy word, share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Help us this day to hear your word, to know your will, and to be obedient to the King. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Many years ago, Sandy and I, the boys, were living in Concord, North Carolina, and we were going to church there. It was a lovely church. And not long after uh, we arrived, I met a man named Bill. And Bill and I became good friends. Bill was a dear man, and he was a gentle spirit. He was, he was much older than me at the point, but he was always kind and encouraging. And it wasn't long after I met Bill that he shared his story with me. He kind of pulled me aside one day and we were talking and and all of a sudden he said, Cal, I want you to know that for most of my adult life, I was a fall-down drunk. I would start drinking Friday after work and I wouldn't stop until Sunday. I'd sober sober up enough to be able to go to work on Monday, but... Friday, it would be the same cycle over and over and over again. It went on for years, he said. He said it went on for decades. He said until one Sunday morning, my wife was getting ready and she was getting ready for church and getting ready, uh, getting my daughter ready to go. And like every Sunday, Bill's wife asked him to go to church with them. And he said, no, you go on, maybe someday. But this day was different because it wasn't his wife, but his little girl. And his little girl came up and wrapped both of her arms around his leg and held him tight. And with tears in her eyes, she said, Daddy, why don't you go to church with us? Bill kind of squeezed her off of his leg and encouraged her to go on. and They did go on to church, and Bill said that he immediately got down on the floor and he just started crying. He said he knew his life was miserable. And he knew somehow that he needed Jesus. But he didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to pray. So Bill said, I just got down on the floor and I said, Jesus, help me. Jesus, save me. And he said after a few minutes that he felt the Spirit... And he realized that he wasn't drunk anymore. And he wasn't hung over. And he knew that he'd been saved. Well, you can imagine I was hanging on every word that Bill had to say at that moment. Bill continued. I thought that was kind of the end of the story. Bill continued on. He goes, You know, I got up because I had a drinking buddy. And it wasn't just me on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday that was drinking. He said, I had an old buddy named Pete. And I got up saved, and I, I knew that I needed to go tell Pete about him. And so he got up straight from the floor and walked over to Pete's house. And he knocked on the door. Pete said, what are you doing here? Bill said, I just got saved, Pete, and you need to too. And Pete said, Okay. What do we do? Bill said, I don't know. He said, I got down on the floor. Let's do that. Let's get down on our knees and pray. And he said, somehow, we just ended up on our knees in front of each other with our foreheads touching. And I prayed for Bill. I said, Lord, you saved me. Now save my friend, Pete. And Pete cried out too. And Pete was saved. Bill was a fall down drunk. And I know that he wouldn't mind me telling you that story because he shared it with everyone that he met. He wasn't ashamed of it. He'd rather just boast about what Jesus has done in his life. He wasn't ashamed of his past because it had been erased. He was clean. He was a new creation. And every week, Bill would find me. We got to be pretty good friends. He'd find me at church on Sunday morning. He'd say, Cal, every week, Cal, I just saved an old boy down at the rest home this week, but I need you to pray for him this week. Would you do that? Okay, Bill. Cal, I was sitting in my recliner. This might be my favorite one. Cal, I was sitting in my recliner this week, and there was an old boy sitting up on the roof fixing my roof. And I heard him hammering up there. And I just listened to the hammer, and I start to think, and I wonder if that old boy knows Jesus. Well, Bill was about 75 years old at that point. But he climbed up the ladder, got on the roof. And he led that man to Jesus right on the roof of his own house. He said, Bill, or Cal, you got to pray for him this week now. Yes, Bill. Cal, I led a guy to Jesus this week. He's getting baptized this morning, but he's in a wheelchair. And so, can you help me get him down into the baptismal water? honored bill he wasn't shy about telling a story even when he was surrounded by friends and i got to tell you i felt like i was special because i was friends with him but he had lots of friends it seemed like he was always surrounded by a lot of people a lot of family and children and grandchildren and i remember sitting in a park one time with him it was a church picnic kind of day and and uh i was just sitting i just loved to listen to him and He started telling his story, and there are his kids and his grandkids and his wife, and they're all just kind of sitting. They've heard this story a hundred times. They don't care. It's not bothering them. They're just smiling. They're just proud of this fine Christian man he'd become. 25 years later, I remember that story so vividly lots of reasons but i just remember it so clearly bill used to say this was my life before jesus this is what happened when i accepted this is what my life's been like ever since which reminds me of another story this was my life before jesus acts 22 i persecuted the christians to death binding and putting both men and women into prison I'm thinking you can't, come, you can't come back from that. You can't receive forgiveness for that. That's certainly what Paul was thinking. Acts 22.20, And when the blood of your witness Stephen was being shed, I also was standing by approving and watching out for the coats of those who were killing him. But this is what I ha- what happened when I met Jesus. But it happened this way at about... On my way approaching Damascus, about noontime, a very bright light suddenly flashed from heaven all around me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. This is my life after Jesus. And he said to me, go. And Jesus said to Paul, the persecutor of Christians, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And he became the apostle to the Gentiles, author of most of the New Testament, church planter across multiple continents. And if that that story of the Apostle Paul sounds familiar to you, it should. You know why? Because Paul never got tired of telling it. He wasn't ashamed. He just, as he said, if I'm going to boast about anything, I'm going to boast about what Jesus Christ has done for me. Amen? Amen? Acts 9, Acts 22, Acts 26, 2 Corinthians 12, and many snippets throughout the rest of the book, that he wrote in the New Testament. He never got tired of telling his story over and over again because he never got over it. He never got over that moment. And it was as if he knew it was the thing that he was the most passionate about, yes. But he also knew, listen, that it was the the best evangelistic tool that he could use to build the church was what Jesus Christ had done in His life. This is what my life was before. This is what it was like when I met Jesus. This is what it's like since then. It was the best evangelistic tool was to share His story. Are you listening? And nothing from that day has ever changed. Your story, passionately, Prayerfully told is the best thing, best words you can ever say. The most effective evangelistic tool ever. A couple months ago, a few months ago, I sat down and uh, and I just started uh, thinking, praying about what were the most important sermon topics that I could bring over the last few weeks. And then I got to the very last one. And I wondered and thought and prayed, what was the most important thing that I could share today? Because it's the last message. And maybe it'll be remembered. And maybe it'll make a difference. And this is it. Your story. Listen. Your story, the before and after Jesus, shared passionately and prayerfully, will be central to the future of the church. It won't be a card to hand out. It won't be something that we can mail out. It won't be a radio advertisement, although I'd be all for that. It won't be going into 78 South or into all these other communities, although I think that's terribly important it's essential you can take your story right with you into 78 south and be proud of what jesus has done in your life it won't enough to be it won't be enough to be a welcoming church listen this is the most welcoming friendly church i've ever been a part of it is your spiritual gift between generosity and your welcoming opening spirit open spirit but i'll tell you it won't be enough The worship experience here will be a blessing. But as the Scriptures say, my paraphrase, how will they know? How will they know if you don't tell them? If you don't tell your story? Now, I know what you're thinking. I know because I've got the ESPN. (laughs) You're thinking right now, yeah, but, I know what you're thinking. I don't have a dramatic enough story to tell. I don't have a story like the Apostle Paul, right? You're thinking that. I don't have a story like Bill. It's not as dramatic as that. I want to tell you, I just want you to encourage you to stop thinking like that. Just stop, because it's absolutely not true. It it is absolutely not true, and we've got to stop thinking like that. I, I want to tell you how dramatic and important your story is i'll tell you mine in a nutshell it's this before jesus you and i regardless of what age you accepted jesus we were headed toward an eternity separated from god in a fiery hell that is the simple truth of it it doesn't matter I, i know i always think about sandy at such moments she she accepted christ early She stayed close to the church. She's never strayed far from it. I don't think she ever got in too much trouble. If she did, she's covered it up very well. (laughs) But whether you're the prodigal son like me, or like Sandy, the truth is that we can't be good enough without accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior. We can't earn it. can't be good enough and it is only by the blood of the cross the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that we are renewed that we have hope listen we have a hope of eternity I've preached a hundred times on it the hope of being with Jesus Christ and in his presence The hope of a glorified body, a glorified mind. The hope of glorified relationships where nothing will stand between us. The Scripture says that all that will remain at that time is love. But see, we don't have to just wait until that moment, just the hope of heaven. We have the hope right now in Jesus Christ to live without fear, to live without guilt, but rather to live in joy and love, to live passionately and fully, to have friends, to have brothers and sisters, to live life to the full. And it's all because of Jesus Christ, the one and only Son of God who lived and died for our sins and on the third day was resurrected. So in summary, let me just say this. There is no more powerful story than yours than yours and here's how incredible our father is he will set up divine appointments for you if you'll just be open if you would just pray today lord give me the opportunity to tell my story give me an opportunity today i feel so confident that He will set up divine appointments for you that with that person that maybe I couldn't speak to, that my story wouldn't connect with them, but He'll set up that divine appointment that will be like a perfect piece of the puzzle. Your story, passionately told, prayerfully told, will change the future of the church. Romans 10.13 says, For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that good news? Whoever. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? That's not preachers in this position, but just someone who's willing to share their story, which is actually his story, isn't it? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. How beautiful your story. So won't you tell everyone? I think I think one of the reasons that Bill and I connected was because we had a lot in common frankly. 43 years ago I was A broken and sad young man was failing in my work that I loved, but I just couldn't get it together. I was dating this beautiful young woman, but the relationship wasn't quite right. I was drinking too much. I was on the run. But then five people in the same week Five people in the same week shared the gospel with me. And I knew there was an orchestrator and I knew I had to know one. You know, four of those people walked away feeling like they were failures. But if it hadn't been all five, maybe it wouldn't quite have caught. Maybe you're one of the four Be faithful with your story. Because my story is that He changed everything. Everything. I stand before you feeling like such an incredibly blessed man with such a full life because of Jesus. All glory to Him. Listen, there may be somebody here today Who hasn't accepted jesus christ as their savior you can today maybe you feel the emptiness that i felt loneliness even in a crowded room but then there was jesus and i want you to know that even right now this moment you can accept him as your savior i'm not ashamed i'm not ashamed to tell my story because my story is about jesus my savior and he can be yours today too so if you believe that jesus christ is the son of god that he died for your sins and on the third day rose again right now you can accept him as your savior and i promise you it'll change everything so i'm just going to ask you would you just close your eyes and bow your heads and if, uh, if you'd like to accept Jesus as your Savior, I'd like you to pray. And maybe like old Bill, you don't know the words. And so I'm going to offer the words. And if you believe them, you just say them right where you're sitting. You can say them in your heart. You can say them out loud. But don't say them to me. Say them to Jesus. Because He loves you and He's waiting. You ready? Dear Lord, I know You are the Son of God. And I ask that You would forgive me of my sins. I know You paid for my sins at the cross. Save me. And from this day forward, I promise to do my best to live for You. In Jesus' name, Amen. I want you to know that if you prayed that prayer, the Scripture says that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, never to be erased So someday, many days from now, many years from now, when you stand before the King of Heaven, why should I allow you into Heaven? You can say, because this day, I accepted you as my Savior. The Scriptures say that the angels rejoice. And I know that the heart of God rejoices too. If you said that prayer today, I want you to see me after the service. Or see Nick. Raise your hand, Nick. Come see Nick. Or or Scott, raise your hand. There's no greater joy that they would have than just to talk with you. You may not know what the next step is. Listen, I'll tell you what. We don't want anything from you. We just want everything for you. See you come at the end of the service. We'll be waiting to talk with you. Let's have one last prayer, and we'll be done. O great and mighty God, we confess that there is no one like you. We pray, Father, for those that may have accepted you today as Savior. We pray, Father, that the roots of their faith would grow, that they would be deep, that you would surround them with great love and great influences that just as you have blessed so many of us, that you would bless each one. We thank you for this church that has stood here for so long, and we pray your blessings. We pray, Father, that you would make all things work together. We thank you for the joy of serving together. And we look forward to the future. From Numbers six twenty-two, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons. Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. John, would you come and lead us, please?